Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. In the 90s, New York detective Louis Scarcella locked up the worst criminals. Putting bad guys away. There's no feeling like it. Then jailhouse lawyers took aim, led by Derek Hamilton. Scarcella took me to the precinct and lied. 20 men eventually walked free. Now, in the Burden podcast, after a decade of silence, Louis Scarcella finally tells his story. And so does Derek Hamilton. Listen to The Burden on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Comedy Central. Coming to you from New York City, the only city in America, it's The Daily Show. Tonight, hearing about January 6th. One cord to charge them all. And Iman Vellani. This is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to The Daily Show. I'm Trevor Noah. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for coming out in person. Thank you for being here in person. This is amazing. Wow. This is fun. Take a seat. Let's do this, people. Let's do this. We've got a really, really interesting show for you tonight. The January 6th hearings are kicking off tomorrow, so we'll finally find out if Donald Trump was a bad president. Also, Saudi Arabia is dismembering the PGA, and Europe is telling Apple that they're no longer in charge. Plus, Iman Vellani, a.k.a. Miss Marvel herself, is going to be joining us on the show. So, let's do this, people. Let's jump straight into today's headlines. Let's kick things off with January 6th. It's why your uncle is calling you from a prison phone. (laughs) January 6th wasn't just a way for QAnon members to get their steps in. It was the culmination of a high-level plot to overturn the election results. And now, after a year of gathering evidence and speaking to over 1,000 witnesses, the January 6th committee in Congress is ready to spill the tea on what actually went down. Primetime hearings. The January 6th committee set to take their case to the American public. How they plan to argue that Donald Trump and his supporters planned the insurrection in an effort to overturn the presidential election. The committee and its members really want these hearings to be blockbuster Watergate style hearings, and they are meticulously crafted. They're trying to make sure that this does not look like other congressional hearings. Maryland Rep. Jamie Raskin has said that he expects that the hearings will blow the roof off of the House. Yeah, that's right. The January 6th hearings are starting tomorrow, and every broadcast network, every cable news network is going to be covering this. Obviously, except Fox. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they're going to be spending all night talking about the real culprit. Why is nobody talking about how Congress has too many doors? (laughs) If there was only one door in and out, this never would have happened. The crowd would have peacefully dispersed after hanging Mike Pence. Huh? You know who's going to be torn about the coverage of this? Donald Trump. Yeah. Because think about it. On the one hand, 
he doesn't want anyone to know what he did on January 6th. But on the other hand, you know he would love his hearings to get the highest ratings of all time. <laughs> you know it. He's gonna be out there like, don't watch the hearings, folks. The fake news is saying I overthrew the government, which I didn't do, but it was the biggest overthrow of all time. <laughs> but I didn't do it. I didn't do it at all. Watch the hearings, you'll see, you'll see. So the Democrats are hoping that these hearings are gonna finish Trump off the same way that Watergate finished off Nixon. But the difference is those Watergate hearings happened back in the 1970s. That was a different time. They only had, what, three channels back then? <laughs> yeah, Americans' only choice for entertainment in 1973 was either watching the Watergate hearings or chain smoking in between heart attacks. That's all they could do. <laughs> and I'll tell you this now. If the Democrats want everyone to watch, if they want Americans to pay attention, you, they can't just have their regular boring ass hearings. You know? you know those hearings where they act like they just dropped the bombshell and the rest of us have no idea why. But you'll never believe what happened next. The White House counsel emailed the chief of staff and he BCC'd the assistant White House counsel. <laughs> Wait, wh why are all the cameras leaving? What's going on? What's going on? No. No. What they need to do, if you want people to watch in America, is you have to spice things up. You know, have a kiss cam going for the witnesses. Yeah. Get Shakira to do a halftime show. You know what? They should just get sex involved. I'm gonna say it. Yeah, that's what made the Bill Clinton scandal so big. Yeah, you gotta give people sex stuff. Like, I don't know, like uh, that guy who stole the podium, did he have sex with it afterwards? Huh? Or that guy who dressed in the animal skins, that was a sex thing, right? That had to be a sex thing. You know, actually, I've been thinking about this hard and I, and I figured it out. Americans like entertainment. Congress wants Americans to pay attention to politics. Those two don't mix, but there is one person who can make political machinations interesting for the masses. There's only one man, Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> How could a red hat, right wing, QAnon supporter break the border to get into the Capitol supporting law and order? In the room where it happens, the room where it happens. But yo, we don't talk about bro, no, no, no. High five, Bernie. High five. All right, let's move on to some international news. Because while America is trying its hardest to preserve its democracy, Europe is tackling major problems of its own. iPhone chargers. The European Union is officially adopting a common charger, the USB-C. That's the type of charger already used in most Android phones and other devices. All electronics sold in the EU will have to use a USB-C port. That's in order to reduce cable clutter and electronic waste. Apple has their own proprietary charger, and they say the proposed rule could render as many as a billion devices obsolete. Oh, really, Apple? <laughs> You're mad about a change coming out of nowhere that's gonna render a billion devices obsolete? Oh, that's funny, because I've got a drawer full of wired headphones that agree with you! <laughs> now you know how I feel! <laughs> and you know, Apple claims, they claim that this new regulation is gonna hurt them financially, but guys, let's be real. Apple always finds a way to win. 
You know, they have the regulation, but they'll find a way to spin this into making money, even if it's off of this. Thanks to the EU, <laughs> your old phone is obsolete now. And in the old days, you might have just thrown it into the garbage, but not anymore. Introducing the iGarbage. <laughs> a groundbreaking new way to throw out your phone. It's basically a regular garbage can, but like, it's got round edges, and it's kind of shiny. Anyway, it's $1,000. <laughs> I'm gonna buy one of those. <laughs> I will say this, if the USB-C is going to become the default charger around the world, they've gotta come up with a better name than USB-C. That's boring, no one wants to say that. You know, like Apple, they went with lightning charger. Yeah, that makes you wanna charge your phone. USB-C. Sounds like you're filling out taxes with that. Did you fill out your USB-C? And it changed the name to something more badass, you know? Want to charge your phone so fast your dick falls off? You need the Thunder Blaster! Yeah, that's the sound it makes every time you charge your phone. And by the way, can I, can I just say how crazy it is that America is struggling, like, how do we protect our children from gun violence? Oh, how do we stop people from starving even when they work three jobs? There's nothing we can do. Meanwhile, Europe is so far ahead, they truly have first world problems, you know? <laughs> They're like, you know, I was thinking about this when I was in the doctor's office not paying the other day, <laughs> but isn't it so stressful how you have like one charger, but then you need like a different charger? <laughs> I was thinking about this. I mean, you know, there are many changes we could make. Yeah, I learned about this in university that I also didn't have to pay for. <laughs> you know, you can like apply your mind and you can do this, you know? It's all about your perspective, guys. All right, I'm going on paternity leave for an entire year. See you guys later. <laughs> Auf Wiedersehen, tschüss. All right, enough about Europe. Right now, there's an even, even bigger story brewing in the world of sports. You know, usually in golf, the biggest controversy is that a player wore a too colorful shirt, you know? Or someone said a bad word after they sliced their shot. Ah, phooey! <gasps> this time, though, golf is tied up in a real scandal because some of its star players are switching to a new league launching in Saudi Arabia. It's caused a major split in the golfing world. A controversial Saudi-backed golf series tees off tomorrow. The tournament has secured several big names despite threats from the PGA Tour to sanction them. American golfer Dustin Johnson quitting the PGA and joining the controversial league backed by Saudi Arabia. And this is coming after Phil Mickelson announced his comeback by joining the same league despite previously describing the Saudi regime as scary MFers who have a horrible record on human rights. I understand that many people have very strong opinions and may disagree with my decision. But um, at this time, this is uh, an opportunity that gives me a, a chance to have the most balance uh, in my life uh, going forward, and I think this is going to do a lot of good for the game. We all agree that when Phil Mickelson says this gives him the most balance in my life, he means money, right? <laughs> I mean, just say money. The reason I'm here is money. Yeah, because the Saudis are reportedly paying him $200 million 
dollars. Yeah, so just say it's the money. Stop coming up with all these stories. I would say that to the audience if I was him. I wouldn't even play those games. I'd be like, yeah, you know why I'm going to Saudi Arabia? They're giving me $200 million. $200 million. Busy talking to me, why are you going? Why are you? I'll give you a million dollars if you shut the f up. Busy acting like you've ever had to make this decision. People are kidding themselves about their morals. Everyone's like, oh, I can't believe he's doing, you telling me that for $200 million, you wouldn't play golf for the Saudis. Hell, let me tell you something, for $200 million, I would let the ruler of Saudi Arabia set up his tee on my crutch. That's where he can <laughs> hit it from. I can buy a new crutch with that money, a better crutch. I'll be honest with you, I am torn when it comes to this issue. Because on the one hand, I do think boycotting a country like Saudi Arabia could effectively push them to create a less oppressive society. I believe that. Happened with South Africa during apartheid. People boycotted, the country was embarrassed, changed. On the other hand, there's an argument that maybe by bringing them in and exposing them to the rest of the world, that might cause liberal values to infiltrate their societies. You know, because it starts with golf, then over time it's racket sports, squash, <laughs> tennis, yeah? Yeah, yeah, now they're wearing shorts. Ooh, getting more liberal. Yeah, then maybe you add a bar where people, men and women, can hang out after their activities, and then boom, you got a liberal society, or at the very least, a country club. It's progress. <laughs> I mean, the real question here is why, why would you even want to play golf in Saudi Arabia in the first place? The sand trap is the entire country. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? All right, finally. If you're one of those people who can't seem to arrive on time for any meeting or any date or any event in your calendar, well, according to trend watchers, your time is up. Being fashionably late is no longer in fashion, according to a New York Times article. It argues that now being fashionably late is out of fashion, that punctuality is cool. In the third year of the pandemic, apparently people are less sympathetic for old excuses of why you show up late to a meeting. The author of this says that now that more people have to go back into the office, they are more protective of their time that they gotta be there and less forgiving about people who are late. That's right, people. Being on time is cool now. <laughs> We're putting the punk in punctuality. Ow! Yeah! Someone just charged their phone. <laughs> but still, let's, let's not get carried away with this. All right, I agree. Yes, it is good to be on time, especially for big things, you know, like meetings at work or your wedding. Yeah, you don't wanna be late for that. Especially if you're the bride, because then like the organ player, they're gonna have to fill time, you know? And just be like, dun, 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 dun. No, not yet. Dun, 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 dun. Still nothing. Dun, 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 So look, I agree, I agree. I think it is good for people to arrive on time. But I will say this. I hate this culture of people who are personally offended by people who weren't there on the dot. Oh, you disrespected my time and you disrespected my family. Calm down. People get so touchy about it. You weren't here on time. Yo, back in the day, I get it. You had to wait at the mall until your friends showed up. You didn't know where they were. You didn't know if they were late or dead. You had no clue. Yeah. You didn't even know if you were stood up for a date until you saw the person the next time. Hey, what happened? Oh, I got married. What? <laughs> but in 2022, no one should be pissed off that they had to wait a little bit for somebody to show up. You've got a phone, people. Use it, all right? Read the news, play a game, learn Japanese. 
Or maybe you should answer one of those 2,000 unread emails that I've seen on your phone. <laughs> oh, I was waiting for you. Yeah, they're waiting for you. You're gonna be mad that I'm late to dinner. Then when I finally get to dinner, you spend half of the time looking at your phone. Why didn't you do this shit before I got there, huh? <laughs> Why? You got the phone, use it. No, I'm late. No, Trevor, you came late. You came late, Trevor. I'm not late. I'm giving you an opportunity to watch things online. I'm giving you an opportunity to watch a video of an orangutan pulling a guy through a cage. Yeah, pulling a man. You've seen me before. You've never seen an orangutan pull a grown man into a cage. And then another guy comes to help him and the orangutan blocks him with his foot. And that other guy's like, all right, I'm not helping anymore. This shit is crazy. And if you haven't seen that video, that's because you're probably always on time. All right, that's it for the headlines. But before we go to a break, it's time to check in on the weather forecast with our very own Desi Lydic, everybody! Good morning, Trevor. Sorry, Desi. Yeah, Um, hey, what's up? The weather. (laughs) Sorry, do we we need to cut? What's up, Desi? Hey, let me know when you need me on the show, okay? We, We needed you on the show, like, 20 minutes ago, Desi. Hmm? We, we started. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Here. Let me just uh, take my stuff off. Okay. We, you got we, we some space down there. You don't mind sticking that there? I, you got I a actually recycling do. bin? We should be. Yeah, no, I don't have That's recycling. fine. I'll just take it with me. Okay. That's good. We should be on the weather already. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's good. It's good. What, what's happening in the weather, Desi? Oh, it is hot. I know, because I was just outside. <laughs> I mean, Ooh, hot in Saudi Arabia. Oh, you know what you should cover on the show tonight? That whole golf Saudi story. Oh. That'd be really good. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, maybe we should. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's so crazy is the fact that American country clubs have just started letting women play golf, and these guys are like, let's move it to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Every time I play golf, men criticize the way I play. They're all nitpicky about how I drive my real car on the course. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I beat them to the next hole every time, so who's laughing now? I, yeah, I hear you there. Um, yeah. Desi, we, we're very late now. Would you mind um, Oh, yeah, yeah, I just got to charge my phone. Can you grab my charger out of my backpack? Oh, Jesus, Desi, I don't yeah, have the time for right this there. thing. I, oh, look, what, what the hell is this? <laughs> what is this? Yeah, those are my chargers. Yeah, I got my iPhone, my iPad, my iPad mini, my sound machine, my crock pot, my crock pot mini. But, 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 careful though, there's a system. Okay, what, what? Yeah, don't pull the wrong one because there is a bomb in there. Desi, this is ridiculous. You can't go around like this, this is madness. Oh, you know what? There's actually a story on this out of Europe. They're trying to condense down to one port. But here's my thing on it. I mean, What's so bad about having lots of different types of ports, right? All ports are beautiful. Ports (laughs) naturally come in different shapes and sizes, you know, especially out of Europe. (sighs) Oh, man. I have seen some wild ports in Europe. (laughs) I did a semester abroad. It was a crazy time. But each one is, is, is beautiful in its own way. And I'm gonna be honest, frankly, I don't really think the government should be regulating our ports, right? My port, my choice. That's, uh, Do you, uh, you need anything else for me? Yeah. Because I gotta go meet some friends for drinks. I hate being late. 
Oh, oh, you you, you wouldn't say. Um, all right, well, you, you just grab this and yeah, then we can. I'm yeah, thank you. Um, it's just funny that you were late for this, and then now you, you're gonna just bounce oh, up. Uh, I just I want to be honest about something. I was talking about vaginas earlier. When you're saying the ports. Yeah, I just wanted you to know. Yeah, I knew it was a vagina joke. See, that's what I love about you. You always know when I'm secretly talking about vaginas. That's, Feminist that's, that way. That's what they say about me. All right, thank, thank you. Thank you so much for doing the weather, Desi. This was yeah. really informative. No problem. Yeah. All right. And you, you're leaving now? Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. well, have fun out there. I hear the weather's great. Uh, yeah. All right, Desi Ladek, everybody. Thank you so much. Don't go away, because when we come back, Roy Wood Jr. is going to Brooklyn. You don't want to miss it. No, 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 there's nothing. There's nothing here. There's nothing here. In the 1980s and 90s, New York City needed a tough cop like Detective Louis Scarcella. Putting bad guys away. There's no feeling like it in the world. He was the guy who made sure the worst killers were brought to justice. That's one version. This guy is a piece of shit. Derek Hamilton was put away from murder by Detective Scarcella. In prison, Derek turned himself into the best jailhouse lawyer of his generation. And law was my girlfriend. This is my only way to freedom. Derek and other convicted murderers started a law firm behind bars. We never knew we had the same cop in the case. Scarcella. We got to show that he's a corrupt cop. They can go f*** themselves. I'm Steve Fishman. And I'm Dax Devlin-Ross. And this is The Burden. Listen to new episodes of The Burden on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And to hear episodes one week early and ad-free with exclusive bonus content, subscribe to True Crime Clubhouse on Apple Podcasts. Jump into the epic world of Avatar The Last Airbender with Nickelodeon's official companion podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Listen to Avatar, Braving the Elements on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to The Daily Show. We're going to talk about gentrification. It's why your old bodega is now a fancy brunch place named Bodega. <laughs> but can the gentrifiers and the gentrifies make peace? Well, Roy Wood Jr. went to find out. According to the latest census, the white population is decreasing nationwide. For the first time, the white population in the United States has declined. But there's one place their numbers are up almost 9%, Brooklyn. This wealthy white migration has led to increases in rent, cost of living, and requests to speak to the manager. So I followed a trail of succulents and Wes Anderson DVDs deep into the den of gentrifying Brooklyn, where I sat down with Tommy Holly. The white population has gone up almost 9%. The black population has gone down almost 9%. Would it be safe to say that that's how they're showing Black Lives Matter? By just moving them out? to somewhere else. What they're doing is they're just buying out and cleaning out a neighborhood, and, and it's not right. Tommy's lived in Brooklyn his entire life. Everything is going up sky high, and it's harder to live. So the way out is to sell the house. Tommy's mother bought their brownstone in 1963 when black home ownership in Brooklyn was booming. 
But lately, black mortgages have been going the way of the dodo bird. We have the, you know, the white population that's moving in, and they walk up and down the street, some speak, others walk past you like, uh, why are you here? But you got the stick, man. Yeah, but if they, they don't think you like a magical Negro? Yeah, look well. At this, look at it, that's one of the magical Negro sticks. Okay, you just gotta go. <laughs> that scared gentrifies. A black dude with a magic stick? But no amount of black wizardry could make the block parties lit again. And residents like Judith Lavelle and Ayanna Prescott don't even recognize their own neighborhood. So this neighborhood used to be black. All black, 100%. Like the 70s black, like when the right. music was good and O.J. Simpson was just a really good football player. It was all black and you had discount all. stores where we could get things cheaply. We don't have that anymore. Yeah, our bodega is now a nail, like a high-end nail salon. What new milks have arrived? Oh my gosh, show? there's so much. There's <laughs> hemp, there's oat, there's... Um, hazelnut, there's coconut. The Trojan horse of gentrification seemed to increase the volume of nut milks while decreasing actual necessary food supply. And even common decency was facing extinction. I've had uh, neighbors call 311. 311 is a hotline New Yorkers use to complain about non-emergency shit. And the gentrifiers seem to have it on speed dial. So 311 is like the snitch line, but the police don't come right away. Right. Exactly. So it's like the dry snitch line. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Couldn't you ring my bell? Introduce yourself. Come up, say hello. So are these just people that don't know how to make friends, or is there an other of issue of that? Possibly. There's an anthropological term for this. Racism! And the only thing rising faster than the number of man buns is the real estate. The prices are just skyrocketing. The houses are going for $3 million. Before, Wait, I'm sorry, what did you say? The houses in the uh, Best I go for $3 million now. $3 million. How much you pay for this house? $23,000. $23,000. And you can sell it right now? For close to $2 million. Oh, you got to go. Wait a minute, you the one that said that was your stay. Well, I did that <laughs> before you told me what you was getting. <laughs> you know, the money is, is great. But it's not everything. Right, right. It's about the community. And if we're going to save that, we need to set some ground rules. What are some things that people moving into the neighborhood could do to help honor what has been built over the decades? Just be kind. Wait, just be, be kind? Yeah, just be kind. Okay, okay. I'm write that one down. Just be kind. Be kind. <laughs> Communication. Communication. Don't call 311. Don't snitch. Support the local small owned businesses. The local weed dealers. If that's your thing, yes. Definitely introduce yourself to your neighbors. Yeah, like I said, embracing what was already here. Don't just think that because you're here, you're entitled to your $9 artisanal coffee. Artisanal coffee? Mm-hmm. Arabica beans from Kenya. Or, That's um, wild. Yeah. Is that where your coffee came from? Got this from a bodega. No, you said that. That's not a bodega cup. F*** it, it's good, <laughs> all right? Damn, even I need caffeine. I gotta get the word out. And the only way to do that is in the universal language of Brooklyn. The flyer. Get out a look. Oh, Tell me what you I'm think. making these flyers. Tell me if that checks out. You know, do respect the culture of the block, which means clap on beat. Clap on the twos and fours, that's, that's big. good. Oh I my like, God. I think yeah. Yeah. You gotta be on beat. You can't have a block party if everybody off beat. You can't, you can't. This one, don't start a sentence with when I was at NYU. Just put these up, put them all around. Get the street okay. team together. Thank yes, you. Yes, sir. All right. All right.
the community approved the gentrifier. But would it work? So would you consider yourself a gentrifier? I don't know, I've never really thought of it before. Do you speak to your neighbors? One of them, one time. Just like ran into each other in the hallway. Damn, this man needs an education. We're trying to spread the word on ways we can help gentrifiers. I could flyer the whole town. But would it make people respect their black neighbors? Would it stop the 311 calls? The dog shit everywhere. Wait, should I say dog shit or dog poop? Dog shit, for sure. Can anything I do make a difference? Tell me what you think of some of these ideas. Um, no phones for Karens. 311 for murder only. Mm-hmm. Contribute. Give the closest black person to you $50. I don't carry cash on me. I'll shoot you my Venmo. You ready? Scan that. All right. All right, I got it. Boom. Appreciate that. Thank you. Damn, firing does work. But is it enough to stop the erosion of this historic community and hold on to legacy residents like Tommy? I'm going to Florida. Good f- you going to Florida? I'm tired of the snow. I'm tired of shoveling the snow. I'm tired of the leaves. Are you tired of racism? Yes, I am. You don't go to Florida? Oh, shit. I'm sorry for cussing. It's okay. Thank you so much for that work. All right, when we come back, Iman Vellani, a.k.a. Ms. Marvel herself, will be joining me on the show, so don't go away. In the 1980s and 90s, New York City needed a tough cop like Detective Louis Scarcella. Putting bad guys away. There's no feeling like it in the world. He was the guy who made sure the worst killers were brought to justice. That's one version. This guy is a piece of sh**. Derek Hamilton was put away from murder by Detective Scarcella. In prison, Derek turned himself into the best jailhouse lawyer of his generation. And love was my girlfriend. This is my only way to freedom. Derek and other convicted murderers started a law firm behind bars. We never knew we had the same cop in the case. Scarcella. We got to show that he's a corrupt cop. They can go f*** themselves. I'm Steve Fishman. And I'm Dax Devlin-Ross. And this is The Burden. Listen to new episodes of The Burden on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And to hear episodes one week early and ad-free with exclusive bonus content, subscribe to True Crime Clubhouse on Apple Podcasts. Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney, the voice of Korra on The Legend of Korra. And me, Dante Bosco, the voice of Zuko on The Last Airbender and General Iroh on The Legend of Korra. Each week we'll recap and discuss another episode of The Last Airbender. I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but... 
amazing guests stop by from creators to cast to super fans to chat all things Avatarverse. Are we saying that this is possible in the Avatar universe? Varney, we gotta spread the word. Now fans can also check out our weekly video pods too by subscribing to the official Avatar YouTube channel. That's a lot of fire, isn't it? That's right, we're on video this season, everybody. So, whether you're a super fan with encyclopedic knowledge or you're brand new to this incredible world, it's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is Asta Iman Velani. She's here to talk about starring in the new Disney Plus series, Ms. Marvel. Please welcome Iman Velani. Ms. Marvel, welcome to The Daily Show. Thank you, thank you. Are you used to that yet? The fact that you are Ms. Marvel, and not just Ms. Marvel, by the no. way, not just Ms. Marvel, but you are officially, currently, the most liked show on Rotten Tomatoes in the Marvel I... Universe. <laughs> 95%. How does it feel? It feels great. It's weird that like people who doubted us, like we're the underdogs now, and <laughs> so the amount of actuallys in a sentence, oh, it's actually pretty good. Actually, I think I'm kind of <laughs> liking it. So that's, that's my favorite part, yeah. You've been a fan for a long time. A hot minute, <laughs> yeah. I wanna, know, I wanna know how, because everyone has a story about how they became a fan of one of the Marvel characters that not everybody knows about. Ooh, I mean, I was like six when Iron Man came out, so the MCU's always been in my life, and then like, my high school's right across from a comic book shop, and I have a, fattest crush on Robert Downey Jr. So I just like needed more Iron Man. <laughs> so yeah, it was, I was like constantly reading more Invisible Iron Man and then I picked up Iron Heart and okay. then through her I found Kamala. And I was like, oh my God, brown person, who's this? And fell in love with her. It feels like, I mean, it, it feels like you were made for this character. I, it was crazy. I felt like the comics were written about me, for me, and only me. Yeah, like it, it, it no, it, it really does. It, like, how many stories can you say where you, where you go like, oh, who is this character? Okay, well, you know, here you have this girl who is born to immigrants from Pakistan, yeah. and then she's like living in this different world, and it's like you, you like you, you, you that that that's wild. Like Muslim superhero. Uh, Fully. It's crazy. This is. I, I hope you were just Ms. Marvel for every Halloween. That's what I would do. Ooh, I, I dressed up as her on Halloween when I was 15. Oh, you did? I fully manifested this. Yeah. Did people know who you were? No, I went to school and I was so excited. I had, like, my grandma helped me stitch the costume. And I went to school and everyone was like, it was a cool Flash costume, man. I was like, are you kidding me? The lightning bolt doesn't mean Flash. But yeah, I had to go across the street by Ms. Marvel comic and just carry it with me so people knew who I was. You had to reference the... You realize that's never gonna happen again now, right? <laughs> you really, that's, I mean, that's one of the coolest stories of all time. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the story's really great because some people, you know, feel like it's a different world. They'd be like, oh, how do you have a Muslim superhero? And, you know, she's from Pakistan. But everyone doesn't seem to understand that every hero comes from somewhere and they just have their story and that it's just like yeah. normal for them. I love how the show is seamless. I love how it's just her story and she's a superhero. Yeah, I think we've really like done what the comics did in organically incorporating diversity into her story. And it's not something that just like, it's not 100% her personality being Muslim or being Pakistani. It's yes. just, she's this 
Avengers-loving fanfic writing dork who just happens to be Muslim and Pakistani, and that side of her kind of, you know, guides her. It's her moral code, and, and, and it uplifts her and elevates her story in a really unique way that we really haven't seen in the MCU, so I think that's cool. It is very yeah. cool. It's super cool. The powers are cool as well. That, okay, that was something I was intrigued by, because, like, like, I remember seeing some of the, the, the old comics of Ms. Marvel, and, and she had, like, stretching abilities. And yeah. I, I know you can't give anything away, but, in, you know, you have different powers in the beginning. It's like, it? you, can, you can, like, shape-shift things, and you can, you know? Yeah. Is that, are, are they, is she gonna get, like, more powers, or is More it, powers? Yeah. There's purple light coming out of that. I'm not being ungrateful, I'm just well. saying. That sounded like, I was just asking if she's gonna get, like, different, are there, like, things that, you, you don't wanna tell me anything, I see you. It premiered today, and then Disney told me, they're like, Iman's not gonna tell you anything if you ask her about I it. I, like, swore an oath to Kevin Feige. I'm like, you will not get a Tom Holland out of me. Nothing's coming out. <laughs> no like, spoilers! Yeah. No spoilers whatsoever. So this is just the beginning. You realize this. You are... I mean, this is such a fun, wild story. Yeah. You, 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 you got this role in one of the craziest ways possible, because I heard a rumor that you heard about this from like a family member. They didn't call WhatsApp. you directly. WhatsApp. Which is like funny, cause like brown people thrive on WhatsApp. <laughs> so like, <laughs> the fact that this happened through a WhatsApp forward. Wait, how, how? My, my aunt was a part of some brown group chat that she never opens. And one day she opened it and someone had forwarded this casting call and she sent it to me and I'm like, look, this is what a scam is. Um, <laughs> We don't, I, I, I'm not an actor, I can't, like, it, it was fully a blank page that said, send headshot and resume here, Miss Marvel Casting. I was like, okay. Um, and then they sent self-tape and uh, sides for the self-tape and, and NDA, and I was like, oh my god, it's real, I know exactly which comic books they pulled these scenes from. And so I wasn't gonna do it just out of, like, sheer fear of failure. No, really? Yeah, and then, like, 3 a.m. hit the night it was due. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna regret this, aren't I? So I, like, don't know how self-taste works, so I recorded my own voice as the other character and then lowered the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounded like I was talking to someone and then just, like, acted off of my own voice. And the next day I get a call, they're like, do you have a lawyer? We want to fly you to L.A. I was like, cool. I mean... Yeah. You, you, know what, you know what this means, though, is now your aunt is gonna answer every single WhatsApp I that know. ever comes her way. You've messed up her life. Like, she's never gonna be the no, same now. she holds now. this on me now. Yeah, like... congratulations on the show. Congratulations so on it being so successful. Wonderful meeting oh. you. Thank you for being here. Everybody's gonna watch. You didn't give us any spoilers. Ms. Marvel is streaming right now on Disney Plus. 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. We're gonna take a quick break. I'll be right back after this. Congratulations. In the 1980s and 90s, New York City needed a tough cop like Detective Louis Scarcella. Putting bad guys away. There's no feeling like it in the world. He was the guy who made sure the worst killers were brought to justice. That's one version. This guy is a piece of shit. Derek Hamilton was put away from murder by Detective Scarcella. In prison, Derek turned himself into the best jailhouse lawyer of his generation. And love was my girlfriend. This is my only way to freedom. Derek and other convicted murderers started a law firm behind bars. We never knew we had the same cop in the case. Scarcella. We gotta show that he's a corrupt cop. They can go f themselves. I'm Steve Fishman. And I'm Dax Devlin Ross. 
And this is The Burden. Listen to new episodes of The Burden on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And to hear episodes one week early and ad-free with exclusive bonus content, subscribe to True Crime Clubhouse on Apple Podcasts. Jump into the epic world of Avatar The Last Airbender with Nickelodeon's official companion podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Listen to Avatar, Braving the Elements on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody. Well, that's our show for tonight. But before we go, please consider supporting Trans Lifeline. They're a grassroots hotline offering direct emotional and financial support to trans people in crisis for the trans community by the trans community. So if you can, please donate at the link below to help their vision for a world where trans people have the connection, the economic security, and the care that everyone needs and deserves. Until tomorrow, stay safe out there. And remember, you're not late. You're just early for something that hasn't happened yet. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central. And stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. In the 90s, New York detective Louis Scarcella locked up the worst criminals. Putting bad guys away. There's no feeling like it. Then jailhouse lawyers took aim, led by Derek Hamilton. Scarcella took me to the precinct and lied. 20 men eventually walked free. Now, in the Burden podcast, after a decade of silence, Louis Garcella finally tells his story, and so does Derek Hamilton. Listen to the Burden on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar, Braving the Elements on Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcasts.